this. Our, my kids are, are loud and crazy. They've been sitting in a car seat for eight hours. So if they go crazy, uh, it's, just, it's probably just going to happen. So, uh, so uh, but my, my wife Shannon's out back there with the kids, and uh, my oldest name is Hadassah, and my youngest is Maggie. And so uh, we're really blessed to have them. This is actually, my daughter Hadassah has actually been in every country of the United Kingdom. And, um, and so we, and, and actually Maggie's first trip over here was when she was six weeks old. Like the day she was born, we applied for a, uh, for a passport and came right over. So we really love this place and, and, uh, really blessed to have my parents, my mom and dad here. So they're, uh, this is actually their first time in England or anywhere. So, and I also have, uh, one of my interns, Elijah with us. He literally left last night. 9 p.m. in America. He landed at 8 a.m. this morning, went through customs, got on a train. We picked him up and immediately began driving an eight-hour drive here. So that guy is dry, is whew, pure adrenaline right now. So he's going to crash so hard tonight. If he gives you a weird prophetic word tonight, like take it with a grain of salt. Just kidding, um, but uh, we're really blessed to be here. I, I um, we're from Maine, and, and uh, I pastor a church in Maine called Kingdom Life Church, and uh, I'm one of the uh, the global team leaders for the Burn 24/7, the whole movement. And um, how many guys are are a part or know of the Burn or taking part here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Uh, well, um, the the Sean sends his love, and uh, he wishes he could be here. But uh, we we um, we're just so blessed by what we see God doing in England. I mean, guys, do you realize like. When it comes to the global movement of the burn that's exploding all over the world, there is no more exploding region of the world than England right now. Like, incredible. Like, the level of hunger is unprecedented. Like, what God is doing here. How many of you guys know hunger precedes revival, you know? And, and, and we really believe that these anthem songs of, of praise and joy and celebration that are coming out of England are truly, truly going to... Um, are truly going to to pioneer something in all the nations of the earth and and actually I was I was with my uh, I was with Sean Foyt and I back in 2009 we um, before the burn was really going and I'm sure many of you guys know William Bing in Durham and and uh, we'd actually come and stayed with William and he was just beginning I think I was actually in Durham and we were like in a little elementary school in Durham and uh, and in 2009 and really the burn wasn't happening in England but we came for 30 days, and we did 29 meetings in 30 days across the United Kingdom, and uh, every night we're somewhere different, living out of a van, host home to host home. It was just like, it was absolutely crazy, but in the middle of that tour, and I actually want to read something. Is it, is it okay if we go zero to 60? Like, I introduce myself, and we just go zero to 60 right into it. I don't really, like, it's Thursday night. We don't have time to play games, right? So, uh, we, uh, how many of us know, I, we didn't drive fly from America, and then drive eight hours up here just to, like, hang out. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, obs- like, I love you guys, and, and I hope we get to hang out, but I'm just absolutely obsessed with the idea of revival breaking out in all the nations of the earth, and from city to city, and from town to town, and truly, you know, I, 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 I just, I'm truly obsessed with the idea of a people that get it and say yes to the Lord, and with this burning heart, and hunger, and passion for revival, and awakening, and for the presence of God to invade their city, and, uh, and, and so we, we've come 
like not just to hang out and to like encourage and train the burn and like but we've really come to be like will you guys say yes with us for revival in Whitley Bay and for this this whole is it called the scotch corner is that what this is called up here this isn't why do I keep saying signs called the scotch corner that's a, a real place what it's literally just called the scotch corner okay then so this is the north right Okay, we'll just call it the North. Is there another name that you have for, like, your region? The Northeast. Okay, well, we'll call it the Northeast. But is, is there a people in this land that will just say yes to the presence of God, you know? And, and uh, we've come to agree with you for what you're believing for. And um, in 2009, when we came up to Durham, it was, that, it was literally as we, as we it was our first night in Durham, I had a dream from the Lord. We'd been traveling all over the U.K., and, uh, and as we were traveling all over the UK and all over England, we were carrying a message and we were carrying a heart. But the night I arrived in Durham, I had a dream from the Lord. And, and the dream from the Lord was, was, was simply this. I saw the United Kingdom as a map come up uh, in front of my face. And I saw written on it like a page in a map over the United Kingdom. It said the Dead Sea. And I heard the, I heard the Lord say the place that many people call the, de- the deadest place on earth is about to bear, bear the most life-giving minerals to the nations. And, uh, and, and when I woke up from the dream, I remembered, I, I'd been to Israel before, and I'd remembered, remembered that the deadest place on the earth, the Dead Sea, where, where nothing can live and survive, that out of that bears, like, I literally had a friend that dipped into the Dead Sea who had, from, from birth, had, like, severe eczema and skin disease and rashes that no medicine could cure. And he spent one hour in the Dead Sea, and for the next 30 days, he was completely healed of all diseases of eczema and skin rashes. And, uh, and the, the minerals that come out of the Dead Sea, the deadest place on earth, is literally healing to the nations. And I heard the Lord say what many people call the deadest place on earth is literally about to bear the fruit of the healing of the nations. And that was the word that the Lord gave to me. And he gave me Isaiah 4. And he said, in Isaiah 4, it says, by the, by the spirit of burning, that the, that the filth of the land would be washed away. And then he says, then, then I, will, I will light a candle of glory, a cloud by day and fire by night would be lit and there would be a covering over all the glory. And the Lord gave me that as a word in 2009 for England that there was literally about to become from, from a place of deadness into a place of life, that there's going to come not just a great purging and not just a great spirit of burning, that was going to come out of it was going to become one of the most mission-centric sending movements the world has ever seen, was going to come out of the spirit of burning that was going to come out of England. And, uh, and I really believe that we're watching it right now. We're watching it happen in the entire world. I've never seen more of a spirit of burning come on a people than in England. I've never seen such a rapid fire go all over a, a, a nation and literally within the boundaries. Like, you guys realize that, like, God's doing cool stuff in the United Kingdom, but specifically in England, there is a hunger that's igniting the hearts of this nation, and out of it, there are, there are some of those wild missions movements that are being birthed out of England right now. And, uh, and, and so I, I was, uh, we were on our way up here, and I, and I wasn't thinking about that dream that I had. And um, if you saw me looking at my phone, I wasn't texting. I was actually reading a prophetic word that I got from one of our intercessors back home. Like, I trust anything she says, you know, like, I, like take it to the bank, you know. And um, she got a dream, a, a vision from the Lord. And she said, Jamie, I've been taking time to pray each day for you, uh, for, for your team there. This morning as I was praying for you, I got a picture and it was a long fuse going into a piece of dynamite. And she said, the dynamite was revival in England. And the fuse, when I saw it, was very long and had knots in it. And I believe that those knots were actually cities. 
And when the fuse was lit, as the fire moved down the string, the knots exploded with great light. And I asked the Lord, what does this mean? And he said, your visit there was going to lead the start of meeting, sparks of revival that would lead up to a great move of God. And before we'd even left England, God told me the purpose there was not to train, but to set fires. And, and, uh, and then she said, she said, I apologize for another long text, but as I continued to, oh wait, she said, here it is. She said, and I saw a blowtorch that was on fire, and it changed into a very large opening of a blowtorch, and that was bigger and again very much on fire, and that turned into fire roaring out from the Father's heart that was tremendously huge, even though he said that this was just a small part of the fire of his heart. And out of that fire came a single drop, and this drop was the, a distilled essence of anointing of revival and love that forges relationships and builds the church. And she said, this single drop dropped down into the clouds over England, seeding them with anointing. And the clouds over England held droplets that were individual anointings. Then I saw specifically um, an area, and she said, and I saw a huge lightning strike. And, uh, and she said, then I heard the verse come, I have not come to bring peace but a sword. And the Lord was going to cause there to be a division between a religious spirit and the true spirit of revival within the churches. And I felt the Lord say that he was coming again with the spirit of religion specifically against uh, the move of God. He's coming against it. And there would not be a mixture, but the word forged had a double meaning. That there would be no weapon forged against the revival anointing from prospering. And, uh, and I really believe that, that our coming this, this, this week is... is um, is really to, to, to continue to, to stoke and to speak life and to prophesy and the things that we saw from the beginning and what God's doing in the burn. And, uh, and, and, and I, wanna, I want to quickly give like a prophetic teaching, very quick prophetic teaching that would really just like stoke what I believe that the Lord is doing. And there's a real spirit of burning that, that I, I believe that's coming. I, I, do you understand what I mean by the spirit of burning? It, it is like a burning in your heart. This is hunger and this desire. That that that's uh, that that's preceding a great move of God, and and uh, I I how many of you know it's a good day to be alive, right? I mean God is doing. I mean Donald Trump or not, God's doing great things in the nations. Amen. And uh, what a weird time to be here. Um, but but uh, we've been we I I just got home from. Um, from Salem, Massachusetts, from Halloween. And uh, we, we just commissioned, we did 60 hours of worship and prayer in Salem, Massachusetts around the weekend of Halloween. And uh, do, you guys, uh, do you guys know what happens in Salem, Massachusetts on Halloween? It's the largest Halloween party in the world. And it's actually Salem, Massachusetts. It's called Witch City. It's one of the largest, um, it's one of the largest centralized pagan communities in the entire world. And uh, witches and pagans have moved from all over the world to Salem to make it a headquarters of witchcraft to the nations. And so, so we, you, we have Salem, Massachusetts, and they host a 30-day Halloween party culminating to Halloween night at 530 at night. The, the, um, the high priest of Satan or, or the, the largest co uh, coven um, leader in the city he, he's kind of like a politician. He like is in the paper every day. He helps make decisions for the nation, for the city, and and uh, he's like right next to the mayor. And so um, he he uh, leads an open air seance with hundreds of people in town, and they literally bang drums and bang voodoo head dolls, and they welcome all the dead spirits from hell to come into the city of Salem, and they lead a march around the city, and they they declare all out chaos in the city, and two hundred thousand people from around the world come in on Halloween night into the city of Salem and they join in the seance and they literally just, they actually, it's not just like a bunch of pagan activities, it's actually just a big party. And they celebrate with just like complete anarchy and chaos. And, um, 
it is like heaven on earth to me. It is like, it is one of the most incredible environments to be in. And, and uh, we go in for the 60 hours leading up to that moment, and we just minister to Jesus. The first year that we came, we came to wrestle against principalities. And we came to, to tear down strongholds and to overthrow the seat of Satan in the city, you know. And, and now we realize that actually this, this is just a big party for Jesus, too, you know. And so, so now we come in with celebration songs. How many of you guys know there's no fight to be won when the battle's already been, been, uh, been won? And so we have this great revelation of, of how do you, over, how do you, uh, how do you to, to displace the pr- greatest principalities and powers in a city? How do, you, how do you remove a principality in power? You build a bigger one, you know? And so we go in for 60 hours and we build a principality and power upon the, the seat of worship in a city for 60 straight hours. We pursue the heart of God and we used to war against witches and now we just minister to the heart of Jesus for 60 hours, just worship him. And, uh, and, 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 and all, we all understand that the atmosphere of a room changes when we worship Jesus. But what we don't typically understand and have a vision of is when, when we worship Jesus, the atmosphere of a city changes. And so, so we began to do this. For eight years we've been doing this, going in 60 hours of worship and prayer. And then we started to send teams on the streets. And we just simply hold up signs. We stand on the streets. There's, there's Christians with bullhorns and, you know, calling people to go to hell and <coughs> getting in fist fights. And it's just crazy. And uh, I'm not, not even kidding you, like Christians fist fighting with homosexuals. And it's just like this crazy, crazy scene. And, and uh, we go out and hold signs and say free spiritual readings and free healing. And, uh, and, and on Halloween night this year, we ministered to, in, in two hours, we ministered to over a thousand people on the streets. In two hours, we ministered to a thousand people. And uh, we had 160 people broken down to 32 teams. And they minister for two straight hours and over a thousand people for three days is over 1,500 people that we minister to. Radical salvation, signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, just like people with broken bones, literally moving it. I mean, lifelong diseases completely healed, deaf ears open, blind eyes open. I mean, just this most incredible stuff. And here's one of the crazy things is that here in which city on Halloween night, we've been faithfully ministering to Jesus and going out to the streets and hugging people and loving on people. And the mayor has actually told every witch in the city to get off the streets and to go into their buildings and to do what they do inside of their shops and their buildings. And the only people that they, he allows on the streets is our team. And uh, so, so on Halloween night, this group of wild, crazy lovers of Jesus have the entire city to themselves. And I'm talking about people waiting an hour to get a prophetic reading. People that, that, that literally are, are waiting, uh, like, like, like just truly waiting for like in lines of 50 people waiting to get to our teams to hear the voice of God over their life. We actually had like the coolest, the coolest little stories in the prophetic of like one of our ladies was like, she saw a baby in the womb and there's like a mom and a daughter and a fiance and she saw a baby and she goes, but Jamie says no dates, no mates, no babies. Like that's our prophetic like, our training, like, no dates, no mates, no babies. Like, I can't prophesy a baby. What do I do? And the Lord said, tell her that her room is full of light. And so she goes, I just see your room full of light. And the girl turns to her mom and goes, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And, like, total baby reveal in the middle of a prophetic reading. And she, she begins to weep as they prophesy over a baby. And, the, and, like, the three of them gave their hearts to Jesus. Like, like just, a, I mean, just the most incredible, amazing stuff. 
And, uh, and how many of you guys know that that, that that kind of environment, we're an obvious clash between dark and light, that in the presence of worship, the atmosphere of a, a city changes. People are coming up to me saying, I'm going up to the, to the psychic readings and the pagans, and they're getting it all wrong. And then I come to your tent, and they go, I want my money back from them. Because you're free, and you're like giving me the most. We're having witches and warlocks come into our tents and go, teach me what you know. I've never seen anything like this before. We just in Croydon last year, we took a team uh, of the Croydon Burn guys. And uh, we went into um, um, literally one year ago this month, or one year ago this week, like on the night. And uh, we went to Croydon for Witch Fest. Did you guys know that London had the largest witchcraft festival in the world? What a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. Like, are you kidding? What? What a blessing to have all the witches in the world come to your city to lead them to Jesus. Like, what a blessing. And, uh, and so nobody's been able to get into Witch Fest. They're, like, really hesitant. And so I was like, let's get into Witch Fest and let's, let's do it. Let's, like, worship and pray. And so they're like, really, can we do that? I was like, let's do it. Let's get into Witch Fest. So we, we literally tried, and they wouldn't let us in. So I was like, I'm flying over. I'm paying all this money. I'm, like, buying my own way there. We're going to pitch a tent, and we're going to minister at Witch Fest whether they like it or not. And so we had the worship and prayer going, and I did a day of training, and then we, we took a tent and went on the streets. On the day of Witch Fest, Hurricane Abigail hit London, and it was like, like 40, 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts, right? And we put a tent in the middle of a hurricane with all the witches outside, right? And so we have our team sitting there, and we're inviting people in, and the worship and prayer is going on in, in, an, in the church right next door. And then we're like worshiping and praying, ministering to the Lord. And witches are coming in. Our teams are prophesying over them and holding the tent down as the wind blows. Like literally points would come like they're prophesying and the wind would blow and the tent would lift and they would just start going up off their chair, right? <laughs> but people kept coming. And so sure enough, we had like 100 or more people minister to over a couple hours. And I'm standing outside of the tent, you know, and we got our skinny jeans, our North Face jackets, our beanie hats, and we're, we don't look like witches at all, you know. <laughs> and um, and this, guy, th this guy comes up to me, and he looks like a witch, like all black, the necklaces, the painted nails, and he comes up and he goes, he goes, hi, and he introduces myself, and I introduce myself, and he goes, uh, so you're Christians. And, said, and we don't make that really obvious. We don't hide it. We don't make it really obvious. And I was like... Yeah, how'd you know? And he goes, you're at a witch festival and you're wearing North Face. You must be a Christian, you know. And he goes, for the past couple hours, we got together, all of the presidents of the pagan federations throughout Europe got together. And we identified your tent outside and he, and, and he said, we need to figure out who these guys are. So we took our brightest and our best psychics and our best warlocks and our best witches and we sent them to you undercover. And they've been coming through your tent. And, he's, and, I, and I said, oh, is that why we've been staying so busy? And he goes, yeah, we've been sending people. And he, he was the president of the Pagan Federation for the entire United Kingdom. He was hosting the whole event. And he said, he said, well, the reports come back. And I was like, okay. And he says, first of all, they said you're you, you are incredibly scary, scary accurate. And secondly, the most important thing is you guys are really nice. And, he's, and he goes, and I want to come out here to say just thank you for loving my friends. And thank you for being a good witness of Jesus to the witch community. Right? And, and he, goes, he goes, I would like to invite you to anything I do all through Europe. He goes, I have a big thing in Copenhagen in a couple months. I'd love to have you guys there. Anything you want to do, I want to have you there. 
And, um, and literally, we've been literally, I was in England a couple of months ago, and he literally messaged me and said, hey, I saw that you're going to be in England. You want to go to this, like, expo with me and hang out? He's like, and I messaged him back. I was like, well, I can't do that, but it was like a whole witchcraft expo. I was like, well, I can't do that, but I'm coming back, and we want to do Witch, Witch Fest again this November. It's going to be in Brighton this year, and uh, we're taking a team. And, he, and I said, so what can we do? And he goes, what can you do? You can do anything you want. You tell me what you want to do. You can do it. Anything you want, it's yours at Witchfest. So right now, the, the president of the Pagan Federation of the United Kingdom is literally opened the door to the burn 24-7 and said, you can do anything you want at anything we do. <laughs> and uh, and I, I just, I, I really just, I wanted to, if you guys have your Bibles, you can go with me. I'm going to just be really quick. And, uh, and then I just, I, I feel like, I just want to encourage you real quick and then read this to you in, in, uh, in <coughs> Psalm 68. And just encourage you. How many of you guys know, the, like, worshiping and praying from the early hours of the morning through the middle hours of the night, like the burn 24-7, is not a good idea. I don't know about you, but it's just not like something I naturally go like, hey, that's a good idea. I think I'll do that. How do you know it's not a good idea? There's moments that it does not seem fun. And, and when we, they were telling me that they've been engaged with the burn for four years here, you know, and Durham's been going on for five, four or five years. And, you know, there, there's something, there's a longevity thing that I just want to encourage in us. This, this, the burn's not a good idea, but it is a God idea. And uh, I'm a pastor of a local church. I don't play an instrument. I'm like one of the few guys in the burn. I don't play an instrument. I'm not a worship leader. Like you do not want me to go anywhere near one of your instruments or play anything or sing anything. And I'm one of the few guys like on the team. And, and uh, the burn 24-7, it doesn't even make a lot of sense for me to be a part in the sense of just like natural gifting and what I do. And, <clears throat> but there's something about when I engage with the heart of the burn 24-7 that it wasn't about model. It wasn't about what we're doing. It wasn't about extended hours. It was about this wild, reckless passion for the presence of God and a unified desire and longing to see the presence of God invade cities and supernaturally transform regions of the world. <laughs> and this is where I connected, you know, and I remember like when I first met Sean like nine years ago, I was preaching at a prayer conference and I was preaching on Psalms 132, you know, I will give myself no rest until I find a dwelling place for God and and, and Sean had just started the burn. He was living out of his car, and, and he was, like, traveling all over America and camping anywhere that they would have him lead worship, you know. And no one knew who he was, but he was leading worship at his conference, and I was speaking, and I didn't know Sean. He just, it's like, dude with long blonde hair, and I just thought it was kind of weird, you know, and living out of his car. And, <coughs> and, I, and I, I remember preaching, and I'm, like, crying, and, like, tears running on my face, like, face, like, I'll give myself no rest, Till I find a dwelling place for God. And Sean's in the back of the room, like, with his, like, 50 CDs he already had. And he's sitting in the back of the room, and he goes, yeah! Say try, bro! I remember looking at him going, like, I'm in a moment right now. I'm crying. Like, why are you cheering me on, you know? And, and, and it was, like, that moment I realized, like, this is my tribe. This is my people. This is... 
this wild, passionate pursuit of the presence of God, like, it's not just a good idea. It's not just, like, fun. It's not just the cool, hot, relevant thing that's happening. Like, there truly is a God DNA that's being awoken inside of the people. There is, for such a time as this, a generation is being awoken to day and night worship and prayer. The long-term, all-night extended ministering to his heart and knowing and believing that it's not just unto day and night worship and prayer. The goal isn't, three, uh, you know, 24-7, 365, the goal is kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that this avenue of worship and prayer literally will be the thing that precedes cities being wildly transformed. And we're watching it happen. Like, look at Salem, look at what's happening all over the earth. And, and, uh, and, and we really believe with all of our heart that this is, Amos 9-11 says, And in that day I will raise up David's fallen tent, and I will restore it as in the days of old so that the remnant of all of Eden may seek the Lord. And it literally says, and the plowman will overtake the reaper. And how many of us know there is a great, I mean, this was fulfilled through Jesus, but it is not fulfilled yet. Jesus began the restoration of the tabernacle of David, but there is a harvest that's ready to be had over all the corners of the nations of the earth. And this whole worship and prayer movement thing, middle of the night, bang on a guitar. I remember, gosh, it was... Uh, Somewhere in England, I went to a 50-hour burn, and I remember, like, I went to bed at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning to a guy sitting with a, with a harmonica, banging on a guitar, just going, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And he sang it for an hour, and I thought, like, just that line for an hour, I thought, I'm going to go to bed. And I woke up in the morning, and he had a morning set. And I walked into the prayer room, and guess what I heard? They will know we are. And I thought, I thought, this is amazing. Like for day and night, night and day, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> but there is something changing in the city. Like something is happening as we minister to the Lord, this David thing that's happening. And, and I want to I read Psalm 68 to you because it truly lays out like a true plan from the Lord to change cities. Through this, And I really believe that there is, as, as, as I was reading earlier and about England and about this region, as I really do believe there's a revival deposit that's being released on the back of the burn 24-7 and, and the DNA of the burn and, and the, that day and night worship and prayer that, that, that seek ye first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. That, that, that the number one command to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. There's something that's being carried on that DNA in the heart of the people that carries a revival DNA, that's about to touch this land. And um, I want to read this to you. Psalm 68 says, Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad and let them rejoice before God. Yet let them re rejoice exceedingly. For uh, sing to the Lord, sing praises to his name, extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him, for he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. This is who he is in his holy habitation. For God sets the solitary in families, and he brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I, uh, this, 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 this concept of ministering to the Lord, let God arise and his enemies be, be scattered. For he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. This is who God is in his holy habitation. 
Our worship and prayer builds this, the lordship of Jesus Christ in a city. It rules and has dominions from, the place, from, that, place of, from that place of worship. There's, there's, there's dominion that comes over a city. And uh, I remember when, when, we were, uh, when we first got into like little Waterville, Maine, you know, like, wa- like what good, like everyone was like, what good come out of Waterville, Maine? And wa- Maine is like the fourth lowest population of churches in America. And um, it, it literally is comparable to the 1040 window um, for, for like known believers in Maine. The, the average church size is 23 people. Like, like, it's just like, the, 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 it's just, the numbers are astounding. It's like truly a mission field. And so we get to Maine. We were with, like, Steve Witt in, in Cleveland, Ohio, and part of, like, Toronto, and Bethel, and Morningstar, and all that kind of stuff. And we get to Maine, and we're like, why have you brought us to Maine, you know? And we get to this little town, and, and I remember when I started, like, we, we began praying in the night. And, and have you guys ever met an angry intercessor? Well, they're just, faces are permanently just upset, like, they're just permanently angry. It's like, get out of my way. I'm about to, like, to, to kill demons, you know, like, like and, and that, that was us. We were, like, the, the, the quintessential um, angry intercessors. We're just, like, contending against every dark power in the city. And, uh, and we had this, this, t- this time when, when a, with the weirdest thing, you guys are going to laugh, like, only in America, but this thing started where it was a morning donut and coffee topless bar started in our city, right? It was a gentleman's club type of topless bar where they serve coffee and donuts in the morning. And it was like this new business model that like it was actually getting like national attention and like news agencies were coming in, people were flying in to see this new business model. And uh, it was like in Waterville, Maine, the whole world was kind of looking and saying, look at this new thing that's happening in Maine, you know? And it was like such a black eye to, to what God wanted to do in, in our city. And so I remember one night um, I, I, was, I was praying and, and I had a dream from the Lord. And in the dream, I was, I was pacing back and forth contending. And uh, as I was pacing back and forth and contending for my city, um, I, my friend James, my friend Jason were with me. And my friend Jason, uh, Jason Westerfield, he, he, in the dream, he, he stood up on a chair and, and, and he looked at me praying and he goes, Jamie, we're judges. We're judges. It's the judgment of God. The judgment of God. We're judges. And he looks at me and goes, it's Judges chapters 1 through 5. Look it up. So I wake up from the dream. And I go to look in, in the book of Judges. I'm looking at Judges 1 through 5. And I'm reading over and over. Israel walks away from, from the ways of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, they're surrounded by their enemies. And all of a sudden, they're, 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 they're in captivity. And they cried out for mercy and for justice and righteousness to come back to Israel. And the Lord would raise up a judge to judge Israel. And as they judged Israel, they did not come with the wrath and anger of God. But they, God came with righteousness and justice and delivered the people. And the Lord spoke to me and says, Jamie, I'm sending my judgment. But, but, but it's, it's not my anger. It's not my wrath. I'm restoring righteousness and justice in the land. I said, God, that's a great word. Thank you. Then I get a phone call that day from my friend Jason. Didn't tell anybody. My friend Jason, who's in the dream, he said that, calls me up and he says, Jamie, I was at Bethel last night preaching. And he goes, and I had a visitation from the Lord. And the Lord told me that I had to call you and tell you about it. And he said, he said last night I was preaching. And as I was preaching, the presence of God hit me. And if you've ever been around Jason Westerfield or know anything about him, like this is like completely normal. Middle sermon, God hits him, falls on the ground, and lays there for two hours with all the students just watching, going, where'd he go? Right? And the Lord hits him, and he falls, he falls down and goes into a visitation from the Lord. 
And in this visitation from the Lord, he, he's, he's standing before a, a massive gateway, and he goes, God, where am I? And the Lord says, Jason, you're in front of the gates of praise. And he goes, God, can I come in? And he gets ushered into the gates of praise. And he walks through the gates of praise, and he's standing in this room, this expanse room with lights and colors and sounds. And, and he goes, God, where am I? And he says, Jason, you're in my courts of praise. And he goes, Jason, I have something to tell you. Jason, these are my courts of praise. Jason, I'm a righteous judge, and from the courts of praise, I release judgment. And he calls me up, and he says, Jamie, the Lord told me to tell you that he's a righteous judge. And from the courts of praise, he releases judgment on cities. And I said, I get it. And I told him the dream, and I connected it, and I, and I called everyone together. I said, guys, tonight in the prayer room, we're just going to worship over our city. We're going to praise the Lord, and we're going to release the judgment of God over the city. And so we got together, and we just began to worship Jesus. Remember, a bunch of angry intercessors, that nothing can happen unless we pull it down and we beat it up. And, and, and we just begin to worship Jesus and exalt his name. And we just begin, you're the, you're the God of righteousness over Waterville. And we didn't have any agenda but to minister to the Lord. So we did it for like two hours. And, and, uh, and we go to bed that night. We wake up in the morning, front page of the paper. Topless cafe in town mysteriously burns to the ground. And they said, and unfortunately, but we know it's fortunately, uh, they, no, they said, fortunately, no one was injured. Unfortunately, there's no insurance, so they can't rebuild it, and it's forever out of Waterville. Never to be rebuilt again. They lost everything, completely gone. We begin to do this, like every single day and night. We begin to get, to, get together and begin to worship God over the city and begin to exalt the Lord over the city. And we, 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 we literally, just a couple days later, we get uh, in the front page of the paper, um, uh, underground pornographic ring, um, largest in Northeast United States, exposed for the first time in eight years, running out of a basement in Waterville, Maine, and the town was running it out. And then all of a sudden, all these things began to happen. Mysteriously, adult bookshops just gone. Um, um, a group of our guys began to do this in their, um, in, in their living quarters. They'd wake up from 3 to 6 every morning and worship the Lord over the city. Right down the city street, a company gets exposed for doing underground, um, like the FBI exposes it for underground sex slave trade coming out of our town, exposed and running out of town. And all of a sudden, the judgment of God begins to sweep through a city and things begin in the darkness come to the light and righteousness and justice begins to be restored in the city. How many of you guys know that worship changes the atmosphere of a city? He goes on and he says, he says, and he's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. This is who God is in his holy habitation. As we began to do this, I remember I was working for like a, a company at the time, and, and I had a, a co-worker that was, um, that, that, was, that, was, uh, that was just tormented by nightmares, like tormented. She lived in another town, and she was just tormented, like the most gruesome, demonic stuff I've ever heard of happening in the night, and this is the kind of person, have you ever known someone, like, everything that could go wrong to them happens, like, like, I mean, like, she'd be driving to work, and hits a dog, and like, you know, and, and then, like, her friend got brutally murdered, and like, and like, and all this stuff just begin to happen, she's having night terrors, and, and all this stuff is happening, and I remember one night, I said, I think you need to stay in Waterville, do you have any friends? She goes, why do I need to stay in Waterville? I said, believe me, you just need to stay in Waterville, and, uh, and, and, and she goes, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll call a friend to stay there tonight. And, uh, the, and, and so she, th that night, she stays in Waterville. And I knew that we were going to have worship and prayer happening that night. 
and we just began to minister to the Lord of the city. And, and that next morning, she comes to me, and she says, I had the, a different kind of dream. And she said, and in this dream, and she began to tell me this elaborate dream of light and joy. And she goes, what do you think it means after all these night terrors? And I, and I opened the door for me to preach the gospel to her, and the girl gets radically saved in my workplace after having a dream. And, and, and do you guys think it's, uh, it, it, it's no, I don't believe it's any uh, coincidence that she came into the atmosphere of a place where day and night worship and prayer and ministering to the Lord was happening, the atmosphere changed, and she came under the covering <coughs> of that worship and prayer. We, uh, we had a, uh, is it okay if I'm just telling a little bit of stories just to encourage you? <coughs> we had a, um, uh, a governor's race in our state. And um, in, in our state, we had extremely, like, ungodly men that had uh, continually been elected as governor over our state. And, um, like, for 20 years, like, we had not had a single conservative, like, godly man who, who had risen up and fought for biblical values in our, in our state. And, um, and so we had... Um, I remember one night in our prayer room, we're like, we're coming up to an election, and uh, we began to pray, and, and, and uh, as we're praying, in the middle of the night, we had this one girl who this girl, like, had done 12 hours back to back to back in, the, in like, on prayer sets. She just kept changing instruments and kept leading, and people, like, kept getting sick and, like, couldn't come to their set, so she would take it and lead for 12 straight hours. So by the time 4 o'clock in the morning came, she's, she's in, like, in the prayer room, four o'clock in the morning, you got someone over there in a sleeping bag, falling asleep. You've like oh, people over here, like trying to draw to keep themselves awake. And this girl's like twelve hours of singing, and so she finally like is, is playing, and I'm like journaling and asking the Lord for a word, and she begins to sing, "Oh, Danny boy," and she begins to like sing nursery rhymes, like "Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star," like came out, and I'm like, "What are we doing? Four o'clock in the morning, we're singing nursery rhymes. What are we doing?" Like, are we just truly, like, just doing this for no reason? And, and I remember asking, I'm like, I just literally said, Christina, stop and put on a CD, you know? Like, take a break. And I remember sitting there, like, with my journal going, God, why are we doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do day and night, night and day and hours and be here all night long. I don't want to do it anymore. Why are we doing this? And the Lord spoke to me and said, because, Jamie, while people sleep in the presence of your worship, I'm shaping Daniels in your city. And I go, okay, I'll keep doing it. You know, we just continue to worship and continue to pray and continue to minister to the Lord. And, and this election was coming up, and, and, um, and everyone knew, you know, these, these, these extremely liberal men were like the same guys were going to win it over and over and over again. And this, this white horse comes out of Waterville, Maine. Like no one expected a businessman that, that was running, and everyone thought there's no chance that he'd win. I remember the night of the election, I remember like they were literally about to announce the governor, and they were about to announce the one that everyone thought it was going to be, and the final votes came in, in the middle hours of the night, this, this conservative, godly man from Waterville, Maine, like surges past and, and wins it by like, like I mean, fractions of, of, of votes, right? And he wins, and, and everyone is shocked, and the bumper stickers are being made. Not our governor. We didn't, you know, like, all this different stuff is being made. Everyone's, like, in an uproar. Like, the governor that was about to be elected, like, literally was, like, on the podium out to, to like, announce his win. And he gets called off stage, you know. And, and, and I remember um, in the first, you know what his first decision as governor was to do in the state of Maine? His first decision as governor was to handcraft a letter 
that would call the entire state of Maine to a day of fasting and prayer. Literally quoted Joel chapter 2 and says, let us weep between porch and altar. And he, and he called for a day of fasting and prayer, not just for economic breakthrough, not for, for you know, issues in, in the politics, but for a spiritual awakening to come out of America again. His first act as governor is to write this letter, and it went to every single mailbox in the state of Maine. And how many of you guys know, I'm, I'm telling these stories because, because there's something about the faithfulness to continue to minister to the Lord. That I really do believe that there's a revival anointing that's getting ready to come upon this church and upon this community. And I really do believe there's something that's, that has been happening for a long time and it's boiling and coming to a breaking point. But I really do believe there's something connected to the faithfulness of ministering to the Lord. Even in the driest of prayer meetings that there's going to be things that are, unre uh, that are released. Even in the deadest hours of prayer meetings, something is about to get uncapped. Like, in, 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 in not just in you, and not just in the room, and not just in the local church, but in your city, you're going to begin to see the fruit of faithfully ministering to the Lord, things that you had no hand in, things that you had no, no business being a part of, that you're going to start releasing things in the spiritual realm, and things in your city were about to start happening in response to your faithfulness to minister to the Lord. And, and, and I really do believe that there's about to be a surge where the prayer room is going to become popular again. And, uh, and it, it's, <laughs> the prayer room's not going to be the back door of the church. It's not going to be the, uh, the, where, the, where the weirdos gather before church on Sunday. But I really believe there's going to be a popularity that's going to come back to the presence of God again. And it's going to begin to capture people. And, and, and there's going to be an increase of miraculous visitations where people are getting saved from dreams and visions and supernatural encounters and divine appointments in your city and, 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 and literally being led on assignment because the, the veil between heaven and earth is going to get that much thinner as you faithfully minister to the Lord and the atmosphere of the city begins to change. And it's going to come from a place of running from behind and battling the spiritual atmosphere and going after religion. And the presence of God is going to bring you up above it. And something was about to happen where God, the father to the father, a, a defender of widows, God was about to set the solitary in families. And, and, I, and I really believe that that's, I wanted to come and encourage and stoke the fire of what God's already doing here and encourage you in this, that something supernatural is going to break out in the faithfulness of continuing to burn. It's not a good idea. It's not the hot new trend happening around England. This thing isn't doubling and tripling overnight because everyone goes, well, that's cool, I'll be a part. It's not a good idea. There's no money in it. It's not a church filler. But God is doing something. And there's a tribe that's being brought together for such an hour as this. And there, there, there is a fire that's being stirred in people. And it is going to precede a great mission release out of England. That from this burning, from this ministering to the heart of Jesus, that there's going to be healing to the nations that was going to come out of England again. So get ready. It's coming. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I want to, I just want to, I, I know cause it's, it's probably late and stuff. So Lynn, I want to wrap up and I just want to. I want to I want to pray for you and 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 pray for. I want to just pray for that spirit of burning. If you have it, I want to stoke it. I want to breathe on it. If you if you if you're like going, well, I had it. I was get it back. If you're like, wow, I really want it. I just really feel like I want to pray for you, and then I'll hand it over to um, to to Lynn and 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 I want us just to press in for it. And why don't we just stand together? And I want to pray for you.
Elijah, mom and dad, Shannon, if you guys just feel like led to just like pray for people or give any words to anybody, just feel free as I pray. But <clears throat> yeah, Father, right now, come on, let's just begin to press into his heart. Father, we just, God, we are madly in love with you. God, we just ask you tonight, Lord, for that spirit of burning. God, that wild passion and desire for the heart of Jesus, God, just begin to overtake and consume our hearts. God, I'm asking you, Lord, even from this contingency that's here, God, we're agreeing in prayer. God, not just for us. We're praying for a city. We're praying for the church of, of Whitley Bay, God. We're praying for the local community. We're praying for young families and old intercessors and pastors and leaders. God, that their hearts would become fire in love with Jesus. Their eyes would see the burning heart of Jesus and their whole heart would be absolutely wildly consumed on fire for Jesus. God, we ask you for a spirit of burning to consume Whitley Bay. God, that Willie Bay would be known as the Bay of Fire, God. We ask you, Lord, that churches would be ignited, that a revival anointing would come upon the church of Willie Bay. God, that there would be a reckless, messy pursuit of your heart. Day and night, night and day, the, the natural outcome would be the pursuit of God. <laughs> God, we just contend for Whitley Bay right now. We contend for the city, and God, we ask you, God, arise in the city. Be exalted, Holy One. God, as you said in Luke chapter 12, you said, God, I, I, I came to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already kindled. God, we ask you that the burn would be kindling, God, a place for the fire of God to break out in a city. God, that you would pour it out in an unprecedented measure. That you'd pour out your spirit in unprecedented measure in Whitley Bay. God, we ask you, Lord, even for that dynamite that, that, God, our intercessor saw, Lord, that dynamite would get ignited in this city. God, that there would be a sudden, a sudden explosion, a sudden outpouring, a sudden break, God, uh, in the spirit in this city. God, that every highway and every byway, the presence of God would begin to fill every home, every dwelling place, every church, every pulpit. God, that the manifest presence of God would begin to invade those places. God, that you'd be high and exalted over Whitley Bay. That you would be high and exalted over Whitley Bay. That you would be high and exalted over Whitley Bay. God, we ask you right now, Lord, that, God, that you would take coals from the altar, God. God, that you'd begin to touch hearts with coals from the altar. God, that that, that coal from heaven would find a place to land as you touch the hearts, God, in Whitley Bay. God, we ask you for the coals to begin to touch the hearts. I really believe, I, I, I don't know if I've ever given this word uh, before for a city, but I believe that, that Whitley Bay is coming into its hour of visitation. I really believe that there is a prophetic grace that's about to envelop an entire city. And that the, 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 the voice of the Lord it will be so clear. That the dreams that, that have once were, were about to return. And that there, 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 is a, there is a dynamic. There is like, a, it was going to be like, 
like the, the voice of God in HD. I just feel like there is a, there is a depth, that there is, a, there, there is an increase of the prophetic visitations and encounters that we're getting ready to come. And uh, in, in the in visitations and encounters, we're going to, going to begin to be mile markers, uh, like landmarks that, that begin to point to something that's getting ready to happen. You're going to see that the prophetic was going to increase before suddenly was going to come. So, Father, right now, we just ask you, Lord, for, God, an, an atmosphere, a realm of visitation to come over Whitley Bay right now. God, we ask you eyes to see and ears to hear that realm of visitation would come. Yeah, Lord, we just, God, we thank you right now that in, in one visitation, you could do more in one visitation than you could do in 10 years. God, uh, of, of, just, of, just, uh, of just Bible study, God. So we just ask you right now, Lord, we ask you for visitation, for like a quickening to come. We declare that, that Whitley Bay is in its hour of visitation. Come put it. I really, I really, I just want to hang here for a second. Put a hand on the person next to you and just begin to ask the Lord, because like, a, a spirit of prophecy will begin to come upon them right now. In this season of life, just begin to declare over them, God. We just right now, Lord, that the it, uh, that the realm of encounter would open up over their life, that their eyes would be open to see, that their ears would be open to hear, their night seasons would become clear again. God, we even ask you, Lord, for an increase of angelic assignments over the city right now. <clears throat> an increase of angelic assignments over the city right now. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. As I was standing in the back here and just looking over this crowd of people, I felt very strongly the word of the Lord is that, that you have, you have served well. You have put time in to calling on his presence and um, he's obligated to respond to that and it's time for him to respond to your faithfulness it's time it's, it's time and there are individuals here today that are about to come into things that they didn't know that they could enter into uh, Rachel, could you, you and your husband come down. You two have been on my heart the whole service. <clears throat> and I wish I could talk better, but. <laughs> well, you already know that my daughter is Rachel. And the Lord told me. <clears throat> The Lord told me that you have many of the giftings that my daughter has. 
um, I've watched my daughter do uh, in, in, her, in her life do some amazing things. And there was a variety of things that she accomplished in her life in the areas of art, in the areas of administration, um, and in the, in the area of creativity. You have all that on your side as well. But you've also got a husband that is, he, he doesn't walk. Um, What's the word I want? Because he doesn't he doesn't walk uh, as people want him to walk. And I believe that the two of you together, if you really find and allow the Lord to release in you the giftings that He's given to you, that you are going to play a major part in what God is going to do in, in this area. You need to have your heart open to it. You need to be prepared. That means prayer time means Bible time, that means relationship time with each other, you pour it all out, and again, there's been faithfulness in your lives as well, and God is obligated through your faithfulness to respond, amen. Thank you. Hey, Father, I love these two, I don't know them, but I love them, and I love what's in their heart, I love what you're going to do in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, well, amen. Thank you, Lord. So as I was just sitting there, I just felt, I just, um, I just saw people's hearts in England as just like a heart of stone, but it didn't even resemble a heart anymore. It was just really, it was really crunched and, and cracked and beaten up and, and just really dry. And I just saw um, the final crunch of that, of that heart, but then I just saw just oozing out, just just a, a new heart, a heart of flesh, and I just saw God just shaping up people's hearts again to become soft and receptive to him. And so, God, I just ask for uh, people's heart in the UK just to be soft to you again, God, and soft to your spirit. God, may we just surrender everything to you and just say, yes, God, you shape us. You shape us. And I just call forth the new saints that are going to come forth out of this movement, God, that just thank you, God, for the, for the revival that is about to come out of England, that there's going to be saints and walking in miraculous powers and the days of like Francis of Assisi and the Welsh revival and, and all the great saints of Europe, God. Just release a soft heart of your presence. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I, just, I just feel I need to say this. This burn has been burning. And it's good. And it's good. But there have been days when you, you have wondered about it. There have been days when you may have had concerns. Uh, but the Lord says that, it be, again, because of your faithfulness, he's there, he's there with you. And because of your faithfulness of everybody on this team, he's here. And because of your faithfulness, you're going to see this burn take a whole new level. And again, be prepared for it. It's not the kind of change, or not even that's not a change. It's just an elevation, you know. And you know, if you're afraid of heights, we'll get over it because you're not going to.
Let me just give you one final blessing, and, and I'll hand it off to Lynn. So, Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in Whitley Bay. I thank you, Lord, for God, that this is a remnant of an incredible stirring that you're doing in this city. And, uh, and Lord, we, we call Whitley Bay back to the ancient paths. And... Uh, Yeah, Father, we ask you to awaken the monastic heart of this city and, uh, and, and God, we, we, we ask you that Whitley Bay would become like a womb to England and it would ignite and give birth, God, to the destiny of a nation. God, we bless, God, that it would be like the crown of England and uh, Lord, we bless, we honor Whitley Bay. And, uh, and I really believe that. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a, um, I don't even know if there is a mi missional and monastic history here. But I really feel like there's something that's about to be rebirthed. Like an ancient pathway of this, of this region. And, and uh, I even saw that there was like old ships that used to come and go. And so I just feel like, I feel like there's a, a mission thing. That's why I spoke on that tonight. And so Father, we just, we bless Whitley Bay as a place of royalty. We honor this city, we honor the destiny of Whitley Bay. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks guys. Thank you. Uh, might not show up, but I'm wrecked. <laughs> um, thanks Jamie. <laughs> Um, and thanks, Dad. Um, wow. Yeah, no. It's a bit like, isn't it? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm going to do the practical while I can still talk. Um, we didn't put a charge on tonight, but please, can we honour Jamie and Shannon and Mum and Dad and the kids? Um, I think Marcus is going to send a, a ball around. Um, would you just bless them financially just so they can continue to go and continue to help ignite and we the, the thing is we know but I think we've been scared I think we've been scared but we just thank you that you've you've come and somebody needs to tell Jamie and the family about the history of this place this building this building has history. Marcus, pass it round, and then you can tell him, okay? <laughs> so set it off, and Marcus will tell you. Um, thanks, everybody, for coming. Um, it's been an amazing night. Um, we thank you. We honor you. It's been a privilege. And thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done in this place. And we seal it. We claim everything that you've brought tonight. We, thank, we claim every word and every promise you've brought from Jamie today. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.